0: It's the On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Introducing Built to Last, a new podcast by American Express. I'm Elaine Welteroth, and I'm excited to host the debut season where we will be deep diving into the stories, history, and continued legacy of small businesses that shape American culture. Through these important conversations, we'll hear how the black business leaders of our past have inspired today's black-owned small businesses and communities. Join us for the debut season of Built to Last on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
2: This is the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm James Erpine. Great to be with you on Twitter. At James Urpine at Locked On Bengals. Make sure you check out LockedOnBengals.com where my mock draft 4.0 will be up shortly. And then I'll finalize my final mock next week as more information comes in. So five total mock drafts at LockedOnBangles.com when it's all said and done. It's great to be with you. By the way, Jordan Reed coming up in just a second, ClimbingThePocket.com. And if you missed yesterday, well, Tony Pike. You heard from him on Lamar Jackson and more. I can't wait to ask Jordan about him as well. Jordan Reed with us now on Twitter at Scout climbingthepocket.com. He has a draft guide available as well that you should check out. And Jordan, we'll get to your guide in a second. I I appreciate the time. Let's start by talking about the Bengals, the 21st overall pick. What do you think their biggest needs are? And looking at the pick, who could be available that they might have interest in?
1: Yeah, so I think the biggest need probably for the Bengals right now is up front, especially center and right guard. I think those are probably the two biggest positions that they need to address. And luckily, this Draft class is loaded with interior offensive linemen and a lot of intriguing prospects that they possibly can have interest in. I think the top guy for them should be James Daniels, the center from Iowa. He's a guy that should should really interest the Bengals. Another guy maybe that they want to target in the second or third round probably would be Frank Ragnow. I think he could be a possibility, but if we're strictly just talking about at 21, I think James Daniels should definitely be their guy.
2: Yeah, and you mentioned the center position, and I definitely think just looking at that, looking at how weak it's been over the years, and now their their starter on Russell Bodine signed elsewhere, I think it's their biggest need. And a guy here locally that people love, it has to be because of his Ohio State connection, is Billy Price. Where does he stack up compared to those other centers? Frank Ragnell, like you mentioned, obviously a James Daniels. Where's Billy Price in that mix?
1: Well, before the combine, obviously he was right there with those guys. He was considered a first-round pick before the partial pectoral tear, and we all know his situation with that at the bench press at the combine. So right now his draft stock is really hard to predict because we don't know exactly how certain teams feel about his injury because, you know, there's limited rehab time for him, and there's a quick turnaround for him during his rookie season compared to exactly when he did suffer the injury. So it's tough to tell right now, but if I had to predict, I think he still ends up probably going early on day two. I don't see him slipping to maybe the fourth round or anything like that, despite him having that big total tear.
2: Yeah, I look at it, and I think if the Bengals like him, he could probably be had in round two with the 46th pick. That's why it, it, it depends, because at 21, if – the center position, if, if they really want to address that need and they feel like James Daniels is is far and ahead the best center or maybe Frank Ragno. I've seen some some people say that Frank Ragno might be the best center in this draft class. If they feel like there's a big gap, then I get picking them at 21. But like you mentioned at the start, there's a lot of depth there, and if there's depth and there's not a big difference, I might consider waiting to rounds two or three to address center.
1: Yeah, and that's definitely a possibility. And even if they want to wait to address center, they can get a guy like Austin Corbett at 46 as well. I think that could be a possibility at right guard. He's a guy that translates to that position as well. And I think Billy Price would be a good fit for him if they do pass his physical from that pectoral injury. But I think a guy like James Daniels probably would be a better fit right now because I think his upside is a bit more at 21. But if they do want to wait, Until day two, they could get a guy like Ragnow as well or Billy Price.
2: Jordan Reed is joining us on Twitter at jreeddraftscout, climbingthepocket.com. His draft board is available right now. Check it out. Uh, It's on the website. It's also pinned to the top of his Twitter page. So make sure you check it out at climbingthepocket.com. Jordan, let's go. Let's look at uh, some other options at 21. Let's talk about Lamar Jackson. He was in town for a visit. What do you like? What do you not like about Lamar Jackson? And could he be the best player available when the Bengals are on the clock at 21?
1: Yeah, I think it's definitely a possibility. And I saw some of the tweets going out about him being at dinner with some of the Bengals coaches. And, you know, Twitter goes wild whenever they see a prospect linked to their team. So it's pretty (laughs) interesting to see fans reactions to him sitting at dinner with the Bengals coaching staff but I think Lamar Jackson would be a good fit for the Bengals but I think it would be a bit weird as well because with Andy Dalton still in the fold and I still think that they believe somewhat in Andy Dalton but obviously Jackson Lamar Jackson would put a bit of pressure on Andy Dalton so it would be a little bit of a weird situation but I think if he's still on the board I think they should definitely consider it
2: Where does Lamar Jackson stack up with the top of the quarterbacks? Because I look at him, and and personally, I wouldn't be shocked either way. If you told me Lamar Jackson doesn't have the success that some of the guys have at at the top of this class that are expected to go in the top five, top ten, it wouldn't surprise me. I also wouldn't be shocked if he ended up being the best quarterback in this class because he's so electrifying because, in in my mind, he looks like he's a, a 2018 version of Michael Vick who seems to have his head on straight, who probably will watch film, which Vic didn't in his Atlanta career, admittedly. When you look at Lamar Jackson, what do you think the, the ceiling slash floor is for him compared to the rest of the, the quarterbacks in this class?
1: Well, I think he has just as much upside as any other quarterback in this draft because he has a factor that a lot of them don't have, and that's the ability to run. And he's not obviously a run-first quarterback. He's a throw-first-from-the-pocket type of quarterback, but he does have that added incentive of being a threat as a runner. And that's not something he heavily relies on. It was more of a design-to-run thing with him at Louisville. And I think that's a big misconception with him. A lot of people think that he's a run-first quarterback, which he is not. He's a guy that can go through reads and progressions and sit in the pocket and dissect defenses with his arm and pick you apart with his arm. Now, his arm isn't as talented as some of the other quarterbacks in this draft as far as accuracy and things of that sort that you look to see. Image the prototypical pocket passer, but like I alluded to earlier, I think he's a guy that can bring some other dimensions to the table that these other quarterbacks cannot. And that's why I think his ceiling is just as good as some of these other quarterbacks. And he reminds me a lot of, like you said earlier, Michael Vick, but I think he's a more advanced passer than what Vick was in his career. So I think he's going to be a really good pro. But the thing, about my, the thing about Lamar Jackson is that he has to have a coaching staff and an offensive coordinator that can tailor to his strengths.
3: This is Ross Jackson from Locked on Saints. This podcast is brought to you by Carvana. In the age of online retailers, buying a car should be no different. And that's why Carvana invented a brand new way for you to buy a car
0: All the way up to a thousand bucks. The terms were simple. You put in two hundred dollars, they'll match you with another hundred dollars in your account. If you were already planning to bet this season, this is free betting money. It's winning season at My Bookie, so come join in on the fun and win some cash while you're at it. Support for this podcast comes from C D W and Dell Technologies. Support for this podcast comes from The First One with DJ Khaled, a new podcast only available on Amazon Music.
3: What's up, y'all? This is DJ Khaled, and this is The First One. We hear from all the A-list music stars like Jay Balvin, Nas, and Kelly Rowland about songs that didn't change the game but changed their life.
1: It's almost like sometimes before you even get in the industry, it's like you set up to fail. And there's so many moments where you can win and the winning is great, but it's so many things that you go through to get to the win.
3: And so much more who tell the stories about the first hits that took them to the next level, changed their life, overlooked to being overbooked. When I was recording the song, I already knew it was going to be a global hit. And I'm not joking, my G. I really felt it inside of me. I was like, I just can't wait to see your number one. Join me every Thursday with the first one drops only on Amazon Music. Let's go. We want the best of both worlds. We want a hybrid. A smarter
2: hybrid cloud approach with IBM helps retailers manage supply chains with Watson AI while predicting demands with ease. The world is going hybrid with IBM. Visit ibm.com/slash hybrid cloud. Jordan Reed is our guest. Make sure you follow him on Twitter: JReedDraftScout. Uh, Jordan, We've talked about a few spots here. What what are some other spots, other position groups you look at this draft and you think that it's strong at that
1: spot? Well, the obvious one is quarterback, like we alluded to earlier. I think running back is very deep at the top and throughout the draft as well. Of course, guys like Saquon Barkley, Darius Geis, uh, Ronald Jones, Sonny Michelle, and Nick Chubb just going on and on down the line with those names. I think cornerback is really deep, especially at the top. And I think that's probably a sneaky need. For the Bengals as well, I would like to see them take another cornerback. Maybe not early, but I would like to see them get somebody else opposite of William Jackson, who had a really good year last year, Drake Kirkpatrick. I think they still do believe in him, but I think they probably can get an upgrade at that spot or a guy that they can turn to maybe a couple years down the road. So I think cornerback could be a sneaky need for them as well. And also a defensive tackle, which I also think is another need for the Bengals. I think they can upgrade from Andrew Billings at the nose tackle spot, and there's some intriguing prospects that they can take probably in the third or fourth round. I think a guy like Derek Nottie from Florida State could Uh definitely be a possibility. And another guy that I really like at that spot probably is De'Adren Sinat from South Florida. I think that could be another possibility as well.
2: Yeah, the, the defensive tackle spot is interesting because the Bengals have made it no secret. It's pretty known that they want to keep Geno Atkins around. That being said, I think upgrading next to him, upgrading the defensive tackle spot is a priority. Is there anyone at 21, a dark horse at 21, that you think might make it to them or could be on their board where defensive tackle might be in play in round one?
1: Uh, I think possibly. I think a guy, maybe like a Maurice Hurst, Mm -hmm. but I don't think he's your traditional nose tackle opposite of Geno Atkins. You probably want more... A guy that's in about one-technique mode. So I think a guy that could be there at 21, but I think it's a bit high for him, is Deron Payne, the nose tackle from Alabama. I think he, he could be a possibility at 21, but I think that's a little bit high for him. I think he's a guy that if you want to trade up from 46 to get him at the top of the second round, I think he could still be there. But those are really the main guys that possibly the Bengals could target in that area.
2: Jordan, I'll tell you who I think the Bengals are going to draft. In an ideal world, they would take Mike McGlinchey at 21. That being said, I've been told there's not a lot of depth at the tackle spot. One, what do you think about Mike McGlinchey potentially falling to 21? Would that be a good pick for the Bengals? Would he fit? And two, if he's not there, can they find a starting right tackle later in the draft?
1: Well, just on the first topic of McGlinchey, he actually is my top-ranked tackle right now. and I'm actually a big fan of Mike McGlinchey. He's not a guy that should go top 10 or top 15 or anything like that, but I think if you take him in the top 20, I think he could be a good option there. Now, I think he's more of a right tackle as opposed to a left tackle, like he played his last few years at Notre Dame. So it actually works out perfect for the Bengals. He's a guy that's very technically advanced. Now, he does struggle a little bit with speed rushes around the edge. I think that's his biggest weakness right now, but that's something that could be coached into him as far as advancing his technique and helping him in that department. So, I think McGlinchey would be definitely a good pick at 21 if he is still there on the board. And like you said earlier, they met with him three times, so I think there's obvious interest there. And I think they're just doing their homework on him if he does slip to 21. Now, outside of that, there's guys like Connor Williams, Tyra Crosby, Jamarco Jones, and obviously Colton Miller, who's had a surge of a lot of draft boards at this point. But in my personal opinion, I think the tackle class overall, I think is very weak. And – I I just think it's very weak at the top, and I don't see a lot of plug-and-play starters at the top. Obviously, the next name that I named was Connor Williams. There's some debate about him, whether he needs to slide inside to guard, and that's the same case with Tyrell Crosby as well. Now, Colton Miller is probably the next guy on that list who has a chance to go in the first round, but he has his flaws as well from a footwork standpoint, and he has some things that he needs to clean up as well. So there's a lot of deficiencies with this offensive tackle class.
2: So it sounds like if you want a tackle it's probably Mike McGlinchy it's him early and then after that a bunch of guys have question marks.
1: Yeah, it's a toss up definitely.
2: All right, so Bengals fans pray that Mike McGlinchy falls to 21, but it it, <laughs> do, it doesn't sound like that's going to happen. The more the more I'm listening to you it's like, "Oh, there's going to be a team between 1 and 20 who wants a right tackle. It sounds like Mike Mike McGlinchy might be gone."
1: Absolutely, and it's a premium position. Offensive tackle is a premium position, so they those guys always get overdrafted. It's something we see every year.
2: So if tackle is out, and I'm reading between the tea leaves, and I'm looking at the, the corners in this class, the Bengals are known to like corners in this draft. Is there a corner that you could see being the best player available when the Bengals are on the clock at 21?
1: Yeah, so I think probably nickel corner could be a sneaky need for the Bengals like you alluded to earlier. So a guy like Mike Hughes, the cornerback from Central Florida, I think he definitely will be there. He's a guy that can slide inside to nickel. I think 21 is a bit of a reach for Dante Jackson from LSU. I think he's a guy that definitely could be there at 46. And he's your typical speedy guy that can hold up in the slot against those tight ends and those shiftier receivers in the slot. So I think Dante Jackson will be a fantastic pick at 46. And probably 21 at Mike Hughes. It would be a little bit of a reach, but I think it would be a good pick if the Bengals feel as if that nickel corner spot is a high need for them.
2: Jordan, I have to ask you about Justin Reed. I've seen him go to the Bengals in different mock drafts. What do you like? What do you not like about the former Stanford safety?
1: I love him. He's a first-rounder on my board. He's a guy that feels a lot of positions of need. He can play every single position. In the back end of the defense, you can play free or strong safety, and he also played nickel as well, and that's something that he played in David Shaw's defense at Stanford. Very aggressive, very instinctive, very aware. He really was a patrol cop back there on the back half of their defense, and that's something that I really love about him. Fantastic genes, dad and brother played at LSU um, and he actually ended up going to Stanford somehow. <laughs> I always wanted to know how that ended up happening, but it <laughs> ended up working out for him. But Obviously, he's the younger brother of free agent safety Eric Reed, um, so he has very strong genes in his family. Extremely versatile pa- player, like I alluded to earlier, in that he can play every single position on the back end of the defense. But he can be a little bit over aggressive and over eager at times. What you see with him is that he falls for a lot of double moves. So what you saw was that. Him against UCLA, they really exploited him in that area. So there's not many flaws or many holes in his game, but there's a lot of strengths that come with him.
2: Jordan, you've been doing this for a while at uh, climbingthepocket.com, on Twitter, by the way, at Reed, Draft Scout. What prospect would you go and bang the table for, or would you swear by that it's going to have success?
1: Yeah, so I'll keep it with players that the Bengals possibly could be interested in and the top guy that I would bang the table for concerning the Bengals would be Frank Ragnow. I think he's a guy you can probably get at 46. I think that's the typical range or the estimated range that he probably could go in. You talk about a guy that can be a plug and play center. Obviously, Russell Bodine has moved on to this point, so they have a hole and a need at that position and he's a guy that can man that Bengals offensive front for 10 plus years right away.
2: It's interesting because I have a guy who writes for The Athletic, Joe Goodberry, on basically weekly, and he's on the Frank Ragnow train. He thinks he'd be the perfect fit in new offensive line coach Frank Pollock's scheme, and he thinks it would work perfect. So it's interesting you mention him because I think that the hype in Cincinnati for Frank Ragnow is picking up and the Ragnow train's taking off some.
1: Yeah, and it definitely should. I think he'd be a fantastic pick for the Bengals.
2: So ideally, if I told you the Bengals got, let's say, uh, Mike McGlinchey at 21 and Frank Ragnow at 46, should we do cartwheels? Should we throw a parade? How excited should Bengals fans be if that? Those are the two first two picks.
1: He definitely should do whatever, <laughs> throw a parade, do backflips, everything. That'd be a home run start to the draft.
2: Yeah, and, and as far, how deep is? This draft in the later rounds, because I'm looking, in, in last question here for Jordan Reed of, of ClimbingThePocket.com. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at JREDDraftScout. As far as uh, draft, draft depth, the Bengals have three fifth-round picks. They have three seventh-round picks, 11 total picks. On day three, rounds five through seven, is there a, a sneaky sleeper or two that you really like that uh, the Bengals or really any NFL team should take a, a dart throw at?
1: Yeah, definitely, and you talk about a team that has 11 picks, so they have a lot of picks to take some risk on some guys as well, and you know, a guy that I like, I'm not sure if he'll go this late, maybe in the fifth round. I think the Bengals need an upgrade at linebacker, and I think a guy like Josie Jewell could be a good fit for them in the middle or at will linebacker. He's a guy that's, I call him a great locker room guy, and he's a team changer as well. He's a tone setter in the middle of the defense, and when you think of the Iowa football program, for the past four years, you think of Jolie Jewell and I just think the Bengals' defense needs that identity in the middle of their defense. Now, he's not the most athletic guy or anything like that, but he's a guy that always has a nose for the football, and he didn't test overly well, and that's why I think he won't go early on day two. Um, but he's a guy you definitely could get early in day three. I think he could be a steal, and he provides value on defense as well as special teams.
2: He's Jordan Reed on Twitter, at Reed, draft scout. Tell all of our listeners about your draft guide, your draft board, Jordan.
1: So, right now, I have my draft guide. That's what's up right now. What comes with the draft guide is 190 plus scouting reports, player comparisons. My 200 player big board is in there as well, and you can get it on climbingthepocket.com for $5. All the proceeds are donated to the Raleigh Rise Against Hunger Foundation, where I am in Raleigh, North Carolina. So, Not only are you getting great information for yourself, but you're donating to a great cause as well.
2: Really good stuff. Make sure you check out Jordan's work. Jordan, I can't wait for the draft, man. I appreciate the time.
1: Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Thank you for having me on.
2: Good stuff there from Jordan Reed. Really good insight. That's the thing. I like to get as many as I can on. And by the way, all of his proceeds for that draft guide going to charity, his, his draft board. I keep saying guide, draft board. Um, five bucks goes to charity, check it out, climbingthepocket.com. There's a link as well at J Reed draft scout on Twitter. Well, we're eight days away, eight days away from the NFL draft in mock draft 4.0. The more information I gather, I did the mock yesterday. I've been putting it together. By the time you hear this, it might be up at lockdownmangles.com. I think it's very optimistic. I don't think it's going to happen. So now I might scrap it. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Make sure you follow on Twitter at James Erpine at Locked On Bengals. Tomorrow, Ryan Tracy, host of Locked On Chiefs, has a really cool athleticism evaluation of all the draft prospects. We'll talk to him about it tomorrow on the Locked On Bengals podcast.